All right, welcome to the Get Your Edge podcast. Very excited. I'm your host, Brian Bott. I'm here with Coach Dean Manchi from Kimberly High School. We are very excited today to bring on one of the top coaches in the state of Wisconsin, maybe in the country, uh, Coach Steve Jones from Kimberly High School. Uh, Steve's going to be discussing some different culture that they, that they use at Kimberly High School, some different things. Hopefully, we're going to give you some great nuggets here. Um, so without further ado, Coach Jones, if you are there, could you please uh, tell, the, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, go from there? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to spend some time with you guys. Uh, just a quick background with me. Um, you know, I played college football at UW Stevens Point, and I, and I coached for uh, a season there as well. And then I flipped and, and ended up teaching first grade. Uh, and then worked my way through elementary school and now land myself at Kimberly High School for probably the last 15 years teaching leadership. Uh, so I've gone anywhere from coaching college athletes to teaching first graders and everything in between. Uh, and had the great honor now to, uh, to coach and lead the, the football program at Kimberly High School for over a decade. Um, and it is, have learned a lot from a, from a lot of people and uh, most of all from our students and our athletes. So I think one thing that has really helped me grow is the ability to teach leadership, you know, every single day over the last 15 years and uh, really get to know what, um, you know, our kids and our athletes struggle with, what their fears are, their insecurities, what motivates them when it comes to leadership and culture. So just excited to share some things with you guys today. Awesome. And, and you and Dean work, work hand in hand at Kimberly High School and have definitely um, brought one of the best programs probably over the last 10 years, not only in our state, uh, as well as across the Midwest and in the country. And, you know, I know you guys personally, and I know that the time that you put in, but you brought up a, a really great word in that, in that statement you were talking about coach was culture. Um, and I know, cause I've spoken with you and I've done some clinics with you that you guys value culture uh, in your program, probably, you know, more than most people do in their day-to-day -day life. And, and a lot of the things they do, um, can you just kind of give us a little bit on the value you place in culture, how you maintain it, how you teach it? Cause I know you're very unique in how you do it. And I know that's, you know, one of the cornerstones of your program. Yeah. You know, I know like culture is kind of a buzzword right now. Everybody's using it. Right. And probably people are sick of hearing it, but usually when things are cliche, it's because they're true. Uh, so the importance of culture, I think you, you can't argue it. And I think you have to be really intentional behind it because <clears throat> culture is live it's dynamic, it's, it's growing uh, or it's dying. It's getting better or it's getting worse. It, it just never stays the same. So I think one big thing in our culture that I'm proud of and, and Dean's great at this and our other coaches are great at this is, you know, constantly looking for ways to, to evolve our culture and change. Uh, we talk about trying to be a moving target, right? If, if you're a, a target, you know, you're, you got some success, everybody wants to hit that, hit that target. But if you can become a moving target by constantly changing and evolving, um, I think that's really critical within a culture. Uh, not that you're just changing to change, because I think a lot of people do that, but uh, being intentional about changing and evolving and, and taking risks um, to keep your players engaged. You know, you think about even businesses. I know, uh, Brian, you're a, a business owner, and I'm sure you're looking to constantly evolve, but you look at the ones that have kind of not evolved and got left behind, whether it's blockbuster video, not evolving like Netflix and going from a billion dollar company to bankrupt or Kodak, Kodak cameras, uh, you know, they were on the, the verge of digital cameras and they actually had a digital camera, but they were too scared to unleash it and ended up becoming bankrupt. So again, a billion dollar company that employed 145,000 uh, employees 
uh, but they, they have the technology, but they're too scared to evolve and change. So I think what, what makes our culture really strong is we know that we just can't keep doing the same thing because we've always done it that way. And I think the other thing about our culture is, is really trying to flip the paradigm, so to speak. So uh, we can talk a little bit more about the leadership end, but we really take the old school kind of hierarchy, if you imagine a, a triangle with the seniors on top and the coaches on top and the freshmen on the bottom and really kind of flip that, that paradigm or that thought process and really teach our, our, our leaders, our seniors and our juniors that we have to serve the freshmen and we have to serve the underclassmen and really, you know, talking about the best leaders are servant leaders. And that's a common thread amongst all great leaders. And, and when you teach that, the cool part is those seniors start to really take ownership and empower in that culture. And they really start to drive that culture. And, and they're the ones that really are, are the ones, you know, sweeping the shed, so to speak. Uh, they're the ones picking up the field and, and cleaning the locker room. They're the ones going up to freshmen, putting their arm around them and saying, you know what, I've been there before. It's hard, uh, but you'll get through it. You know, our seniors are the ones that are taking uh, the freshman home from workouts or, you know, calling a sophomore on the phone and saying, hey, you want to go grab breakfast? I mean, those are true stories. And the cool part about a culture like that is it cycles, you know, and it cycles the good way because it can, you know, cultures can cycle the bad way real quick when it comes to, you know, hazing and bullying and, you know, that old school hierarchy. So, you know, I could talk on and on about culture, but culture really, if I'm going to really narrow in and, and give you something, I think the definition of culture ultimately is how you do things. You know, there's all these perceptions on culture and what it means, but ultimately, simplistically, it's how you do things within an organization, within a program. So it's how you behave, it's how you communicate, it's how you problem solve, it's how you respond to situations, uh, to as simple as how you carry a football, right? But it's all the hows that, 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 that uh, add up over time and ultimately, I think, create your culture. So making sure that all of your hows are taught and retaught and um, people are held accountable to how you do things, because I think the strongest comment that you can hear from a player to another player is, hey, that's not how we do things around here. Or if you flip it, hey, this is how we do things around here. Right. And I think that's how you can continue to build a strong culture. I think that's awesome. I mean, that, you know, just in, in, in meeting with you and Dean over the past years, I mean, that's something that's really impacted me and in, in my business. So I think that the cool thing when you talk about culture, right, it is not just team oriented, it's really life oriented. Um, you know, and we've taken some of the stuff you guys talk about and we put it in our mission statement for our business. I mean, our mission statement is how you do anything is how you do everything. And I think that is a really powerful thing. And um, just having the older kids, you know, be leaders in a servant leader mindset is another great thing that is not really taught in a lot of different places, right? The, the freshmen have to pick up all the water cans, all, you know, everywhere you go. And I think the other good part about it that you're talking about is, you know, the freshmen see that when they come in. And so when they get to be juniors and seniors, they understand that that's just how we do it. Um, and that's awesome. And that's why your program continues to have success because it's, it's a growth mindset in that. Um, kind of moving on a little bit now, we, you know, I think most people are going to know that, that Kimberly holds a state record uh, for 70 consecutive victories. Uh, I believe that's still a state record, correct? Um, and five state championships in that, in that time frame. Now, you know, when you start to look at high school, you're not doing it with the same kids, you know, and, you know, as, as we're talking now, a lot of your kids that are at Kimberly High School, uh, you know, were in grade school when that, when that started, when that process started. And, and I know the growth that Kimberly's had, you know, I think everybody looks at it as, wow, they have everything, they have everything. And, and that's not how it was, but now 
you're at that point, like you said, you're a target because everybody sees that, that motion K and, and it's like, Oh, we got them on our schedule this year. So I guess coach, my question is really, how do you maintain that consistency, that, that high level of consistency, not just kind of we're, we're with the pack, but a high level of consistency with kids that are walking into a scenario where you're always successful. And I guess that main word that I want to throw out there is entitlement, right? How do you eliminate that from your program? That's a great question. Um, and it's really, really hard as I'm, I'm sure you guys are aware of it, you know, whether it's Nick Saban or a bunch of people talk about, you know, uh, it's not human nature to be great, right? It's human nature to be average. That's why they call it average. Um, so it, it's really hard. And, and obviously probably one of the, you know, besides my family, most proud thing that we've done as a collective staff, because it, obviously it's not just me, but to be able to do that year after year after year with high school kids, um, and try to motivate and inspire and change and evolve over time is, is not easy um, because entitlement and complacency do creep in. Um, so I, I guess I'll answer that in, in two ways. One, um, you know, we, we have something called the winning formula, which is ironic that um, because we don't really talk about winning that much. We talk about the process of winning, what it takes to be a winner in life. Um, but that, that, that system, because, you know, good leaders, Use quotes, uh, great leaders have a plan, elite leaders have a system. So it just doesn't happen by accident. So our system involves one, <clears throat> putting people first. So that's the first part of our system. And I have an unbelievable staff, <clears throat> I'm biased, but I think our staff is the best in the state. We have unbelievable players. <clears throat> you don't win a state championship without great players. I've never seen anybody win a state championship without talent, but I've seen a lot of talented teams not win a state championship, right? So it's about connecting those people um, and having great people. And, and we have, you know, supportive family and administration. We got great facilities and all that stuff. But really, it boils down to people because bricks don't build championships. People do, right? And making sure that you're investing in your people and that you're taking care of your people and that you're empowering your people and that you're loving your people and you're listening to your people. But to me, in any organization, whether it's football or business, everything always starts with people. The next component of that equation then is culture. So people drive the culture. I don't need to spend a lot of time in it because we just talked about it. The third component in that equation or that system is preparation. So a quote we use all the time from John Wooden is, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. So our kids work, like our coaching staff works. Um, and you cannot mistake, you know, the fact that you can just show up, like you said, because we have a K on our helmet and we are just entitled to winning. We have to be really intentional on getting in front of that entitlement and teaching our kids that you have to roll up your sleeves and work in life and in football, right? And I heard a speaker say once, there's three things you should be scared of in life, alligators, cancer, and sense of entitlement. Because once they get a hold of you, they never let go. Once entitlement gets a hold of you in your life, it, it will never let go. So we have to be really intentional about not allowing entitlement and complacency to creep into our program. So we have to make sure we're putting preparation on the forefront. And then the fourth component is execution. And what we found is the more you prepare, the more likely you are to execute. You know, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, they have one big sign in their facility and it says, do your job, right? And everybody within a team has to do their job. So you can have great people with a great culture and great preparation, and then you don't execute, you're not gonna get the results. So you gotta have to have balance between relationships and results. You still have to get results. So there has to be the execution end of things, right? You got to be able to deliver and do your job. But I think if you tie those four things together, great people, 
that drive a great culture. You work really hard. And then when your time comes that you can deliver, I think you're, you're going to be successful. And I think the other thing that has helped us too in our program, besides all those things I said, was uh, kind of bulletproofing yourself. So there's a quote that we use that it's not the water around a ship that sinks it, it's when water gets inside, right? So it's not the other teams that are going to sink our culture, sink our program, sink our ship. You know, winner, losers focus on winners, winners focus on themselves. So when you focus on yourself and then you empower leaders to make sure that nothing's getting inside of our ship, then you're going to have a strong ship that hopefully doesn't sink. So what we do is we get ahead of it and we bulletproof ourselves and say, okay, what are the things that can't get into our ship, right? So like you said, entitlement, complacency, drama, blaming, like I could go on and on and on, but you know what sinks a culture. And then we challenge our players to make sure those things don't get into our ship. Because a lot of those things, as you guys know, don't happen when the coaches are around. Like bad decision-making usually happens on a Friday night or whatever, right? Um, <clears throat> backstabbing, the drama usually happens in the locker room or on the bus ride or on text messages. So you have to empower your leaders to make sure that your ship is clean. So I think that formula and then empowering your leaders to take care of the ship, I think has really helped us continue to be successful. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, just as a, you know, we talk about culture and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think one of the things over the last week that I've seen with your program, you know, and the kids in your program, now your, your, your boys basketball team is, is going to state for basketball. And I've seen, man, I, I dozens of messages from former football players talking about, the Kimberly way, things like that. So, you know, just the last couple of things we've talked about coach um, have been just amazing for these kids carry this on throughout the rest of their life. You know, it's not just, you know, when they put that cap and gown on and they're done, you know, that this isn't the way they, that, you know, they're, they're done, you know, they take this through the rest of their life and they take a lot of pride in that. Um, Dean, you want to go with, uh, with what you got for them quick? Yeah, Steve, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, listeners out there that are coaches along with athletes, but what's some advice, uh, get your edge advice, would you give to coaches out there? Yeah, um, and I don't want to speak like I got, I have all the answers, that's for sure. But um, what I would say is kind of going back to what we, uh, what we just kind of talked about, I guess I would challenge coaches to say, okay, you have your offensive system, you have your defensive system, you have your philosophy in the weight room, you have all these things, but making sure that you have a system and a process for developing leaders and also developing your mindset, mental skills. Um, because again, if you just leave it up to chance, it's not going to happen. So when I talk to a lot of coaches uh, after a season, whether it's high school coaches or college coaches, and I say, you know, how'd your season go? You know, either if it went well or it didn't, most coaches talk about the leadership. Like if it didn't go well, a lot, of, a lot of players, a lot of coaches don't talk about, you know, you know, we just weren't strong enough or we just weren't fast enough or we weren't just whatever enough, but it was, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't, our leadership wasn't very good. Our senior class, you know, didn't, didn't lead very well or whatever. And it usually boils down to the lack of leadership or the inability to perform when your best is needed. And then that to me is the mental skills aspect. When, when I present or talk to coaches or, or business leaders either, but I always ask, okay, well, what percent of the game is mental? And I get a variety of answers. Some say 100%, um, some say 90, some go all the way down to 70, but it's usually 70% above. And then my follow-up question is, okay, how much are you investing in the training of the mental skills, the mindset? 
If you're telling me that's, in, that's that important, how are you being intentional about creating a system to train that? Because whether it's um, our leaders, you know, we were lacking leadership or we, we didn't perform when our best was needed. To me, that comes down to the mental side. It's not a whole lot of physical, but when the pressure raises, can you deliver, right? Because that, that quote, you know, you don't fall back, you know, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall back on your level of your training. So when we want our players to be able to step up in the times we need them the most, we have to equip them with the skills to do that. It's not default. Like most people don't, don't perform at a high level when stress is at its most, right? That's got to be trained just like speed or strength or the skill of catching a football. So I guess if I was going to give advice, I would, I would ask coaches to step back and say, okay, you have a system for a lot of other things in your organization. What's your system for developing leaders and what's your system for yeah. skills? That's great, coach. And I think a lot of times, and as, as football coaches, right, and I'll, I'll ask you to speak to this just a little bit, okay? I know we didn't really discuss this, but so many football coaches are X and O driven, right? All the clinics they're going to, uh, you know, all the seminars, all the webinars, all the other things they're taking in is X's and O's driven. And let's be realistic, right? There's only so many ways you can run power. There's only so many ways you know, to line up in a four, three, there's only so many. So when you start comparing X's and O's, right. If we have the same X's and O's as you guys, you know, the, the, the components you're talking about are, are even more important because like you said, you default to your training, you default to when pressure hits. Um, so what are you, you know, I, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is that something that is kind of a thing that separates you guys kind of what, what Dean was talking about? You know, I, I think it does. And again, I think a lot of things, you know, I, again, we got, I think pillars in our program, our strength and conditioning, I think is best in the state. I the think best. Yep. Best in the state. Uh, and he's got a lot of support too. Jason Mangan, I could go on and on. Uh, but we got a lot of coaches involved in our strength and conditioning program, which Dean leads up. I think our, our leadership and our culture is a pillar. I think our mental skills is a pillar. And then, you know, we do have some strong coaches with X's and O's too. And, and I'll be honest with you. I, I think I'm, Maybe if I give myself a, an X's and O's grade, maybe a B, you know, something like that. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm decent, but I don't, I don't think I'm the best in the state when it comes to X's and O's. There's people that are way smarter than I am uh, in a lot of areas and of X's and O's. So um, I think you need those people in your program, though, because let's not, let's not be fake. You know, you still need the strategy. Right. But I think a lot of people put all their eggs into that basket and then they're missing other opportunities to grow their program and equip their players, not only for the game of football, but for the game of life. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I you know, I've been able to watch a couple of your games and, you know, you know, games that take you into the, you know, state semis or even like, you know, games against high powered teams. And there's no fear, you know, in big moments with your kids. And that comes from not just, equipping them right in a practice scenario, X's and O's scenario, but also in all the things that we're talking about, mentality, confidence, you know, we've been trained for this, all these other things. So um, just a really special program you have going coach. Now that kind of leads me to my next question here. Um, you know, I'm an eighth grader. I'm an eighth grade boy, eighth grade kid. I should say, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe a ninth grader that, that didn't play football last year. Wasn't really sure about it, but you know, um, I see this, these, these programs and, you know, chasing champions, winning championships and, and some of the other things that are definitely a benefit of going through 
um, a football program, right? Um, being a part of a team, stuff like that. Um, the strength and conditioning, I'm training my body, I'm doing all that other thing. But if I'm a parent or, you know, a kid that way, explain to me what more football is going to give to me, you know, from my life standpoint, than just going out and winning a championship and, and some of the other things. I know you place a lot of value in, in playing the sport. What are some of those things that you, that you may tell a kid or that some of our kids that are listening, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll have seventh and eighth graders, hopefully listening to this. We're going to have high school kids that are really, you know, hopefully high school parents that are really indecisive about playing the sport, um, you know, for various reasons. Mm -hmm. But I think of the three of us all believe that football is, is like no other sport, right? You, you, you know, when you're a high school kid, if you're done playing, you're done playing, you can't just go play rec football, you know, and pad up and stuff like that. So what are some of the values that, that my son or, or anybody else's son is going to get from playing this awesome sport? I think some other coaches may argue with this, but I think it's the ultimate team sport. You know, you got 11 guys, let's just take on offense that all have to do their job as we talked about before in order to execute and to get 11 pieces moving all at the same time in the right direction, knowing their job. I think it's the ultimate team sport. So I think the ability to be a great teammate, uh, to collaborate with other people, um, you know, and, and the other thing I think with football, I always tell our kids is <clears throat> at least in our program, I feel like, our football, football program is a utopia. And here's what I mean by that. Like, if you come in, like, you can be big, you can be small, you can be skinny, you can be round, you can be white, you can be black, you can be Muslim. Like, it doesn't matter in our football program if you <clears throat> come in and um, meet our standards. Like, if, if you're consistent, you show up, you work hard, you're a great teammate, you're respectful to everybody, coaches, players, like, you do what you're supposed to do, man, you're going to be loved in our program. And that's what I mean by utopia. Like everybody's got a spot, I think, in football. Everybody can find a home. Everybody can add value in some way. And then the last part I think of that I would tell players and coaches is, and, and parents is just, you know, as you said, the lessons learned. And again, I know that's cliche, but going back, I think it's cliche because it's true. Because ultimately at the end of the day, like when you're our age, um, your boss won't matter, won't care if you were first team all conference. Your boss is going to care if you're going to show up to work on time consistently and add value, right? Your, your, your son or daughter as a parent someday is not going to matter if how many touchdowns you score. They're going to they're gonna know if you show up from work, even if you had a bad day, can you bring some energy and, and be present with them, right? Your spouse isn't going to care, again, like if you want a state championship, I mean, sure, it's going to be a great story, but ultimately they're going to care what kind of husband you are right and, and again you're all the things how are you going to respond when you, your family faces a crisis that's what your wife's going to care about and I think all of those lessons that you learn in the short window you have to play football carry on tenfold throughout your life awesome awesome I think you know before Dean hits his next question here I want to just re rebound a little bit on one of the words you use there and I've heard you speak on this and I don't put you on the spot again, but that, that four letter L word. And I know that that's very important in your program. And it's something that, again, we've taken um, as one of our, you know, cultural pillars as well as love and ownership. And I know that four letter word means a lot to you. Um, can you just share just for a quick minute, you know, how, and again, it goes back to, you know, football is a physical, tough sport, but you find a way to use that four letter word um, in your program and it means so much so can you just share real quick on that yeah I, I think love is the greatest counterpunch to fear 
you know, and, and I think, you know, you can motivate a couple people different ways. You can, you know, make people scared of you as a coach, uh, or you can create, you know, an atmosphere and a culture where it's love-based. And I think the love base lasts a lot longer. And I think it's more effective. And as you said, you know, football is a violent sport. It's, it's aggressive, you know, and, and, but love does not mean soft. So I'm going to throw a question back at you, Bob, right? Yep. You, you got, you got at least one boy at home. Yeah, yep. It's the, of the night and, and somebody breaks in your house. What's happening to that person that's going to try to hurt, hurt your kid. Oh, it, it, we, we can't discuss that on the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> so you're here's right. The deal. Yeah. Yep. Here's the deal. You don't, you don't, it's not because you hate that person. You don't even know that person, but that person is not coming out of your house alive because you love your son so much. Right. Lo love, love inspires tenacity. Love inspires you know, physicality, like love can be a very, very powerful thing. It doesn't mean that it's soft. You know, there's a quote that we use is that a true soldier doesn't fight because he hates what's in front of him. A true soldier fights because he loves what's beside him or behind him. And I think our kids battle so hard and fight so hard because they truly love each other. And if you're a coach or a business owner or whatever, and, and love just doesn't feel right to you, replace it with another four letter word, just care. Because ultimately, people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it's not just in words, but it's got to be in actions, right? And, and you got to not just say it, but you got to show it. And the last thing I'll say about it is, you know, I think our, our staff does a really good job and, and we can always get better. But I think the key is, is how do you raise the level of love and care and empathy without lowering the standards, right? And I think great leaders can can raise that level of care and empathy and trust and still have really, really high standards. Right. And I think, you know, the best people can inspire and motivate and show people they care, but still hold people really, really high standards because, because they care and love them. And so they're going to hold them to a high standard. Awesome. Hey, Steve, we're going to have a lot of um, athletes out there that are going to listen and um, we all decided to get into coaching to make a difference in all of the athletes' lives in a very positive way. And you touched on a lot of that already. But what's your get-your-edge advice that you would give to all the athletes out there? Yeah, I, I think with that question, Dean, I, I go back to, you know, our, our mantra and how <clears throat> would tell them to water the bamboo. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, those of you who aren't familiar with the story, I'll just, I'll tell the, the quick version, but basically there's a, a bamboo farmer. He goes out in the field and he plants the giant bamboo seed. And then he waters that, that piece of soil, that, that seed beneath the soil morning and night, morning and night. And a whole year passes and nothing happens. He doesn't see anything. The second year, the bamboo farmer goes back out and he waters that piece of soil, 365 days, nothing. Third year, people are telling him to move on, give up. You know, find something else. There's nothing there, but the bamboo farmer is patient and persistent. So he continues to water the bamboo. In the fourth year, the giant bamboo will grow 90 feet in 60 days. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't happen without, you know, the patience and the persistence. And, and then those roots are growing so dense and so strong beneath the soil that it can withhold that type of, ex, you know, explosive growth. So if I'm going to give somebody a piece of advice is, is don't, get sucked into the instant gratification of our society right now. People want microwavable results, right? And they, they want things right away. And if they don't see things right away, they want to give up and they want to move on. They want to see something else. But I don't think success looks like that. I don't think relationships are microwavable. I think a lot of times it is 
having the ability to consistently show up every day, give everything you got, and then kind of surrender to the outcome and know that we got to focus on what we can control, control the controllables, and continue to just water that bamboo. Because the beautiful thing that I love about that story is we as high school coaches get four years with those kids. And you never know when you're going to see that growth. That's awesome, coach. And, and so, Dean, I, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Now, you you work in the Kimberly program. You've been around um, that program, you know, with Steve. Give our give our listeners being on that staff, you know, how – and, you know, truth be told, Dean and I talk every day. So I, I probably could, could recite the answer or share the answer he's going to share right now. But I think coming from someone who experiences on a day-to-day basis – is very important for our listeners. So Dean, kind of share, you know, just your thoughts on being a part of this amazing program that is really changing the lives of so many kids. Well, Steve just does an unbelievable job. And and what we talked about is his leadership and being able to run a program of our size with the vast number of athletes that we have is uh, is a lot of work and and you got to have so much invested in it. But uh, the reward, and I can attest to the water it situation, is we see it happen all the time. And sometimes that happens during that four-year phase of an athlete's life. But many times these kids are coming back and from college and kids that have actually gotten jobs. And uh, we've had instances where people have put uh, water it on, on the back of rings and, and, and all kinds of things. And what a difference that has made in their life and has helped them outside of once they've graduated from Kimberly High School. So it's really an honor in that, you know, we have so many coaches on our staff that have the the best interest of all the athletes and the game of football has an opportunity, like Steve said, there's a spot for everybody in the great game of football. And and you need everybody and having that great culture uh, really is the big difference. Um, There's many times I see where there is a person that maybe be the second, third string athlete and, and they're having more fun and they're getting more out of playing for Coach Jones in the Kimberly football program than the star player is. And I think that's the biggest difference. And it's so rewarding for myself to see on a daily basis. And, um, and that's a huge tribute to us, Coach Jones. And uh, he, he just is an excellent leader in what he says and, and what he does is on a daily basis and it's consistent. And like I always mentioned to the athletes, you have to be consistent in the weight room if you want results. And Steve Jones as head coach is always consistent in everything that he does, no matter if it's a manager he's dealing with, matter if it's um, other coaches, all the athletes, it just doesn't matter. He has got the best interest of everyone involved in the Kimberly football program. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, and just on a personal note, um, you two are, are very inspirational to me as even as a business owner, I'm in a completely different venue than, than both you guys are. And just watching, you know, the relentless way you go about being consistent with your kids. And, and that is, you know, really what athletics should be all about, providing them with not only an opportunity to play, you know, incredible, you know, activities trained with an incredible strength coach, but also when they walk out the door, you know, for the next 40 or 50 years of their life, they can make a very positive impact on society. So with that, 
Uh, we're going to close down. Coach, you got anything real quick before we before we shut her down here today? Appreciate you guys having me on. I think it's great what you guys are doing and trying to uh, to help not only student athletes but coaches and parents. And uh, yeah, just excited to see where this thing goes for you guys. So are we. <laughs> well, we appreciate having you on, Coach. Um, I know you're really busy. I know football is coming up here, so I know you're really excited to get the kids back out on the field this week. So I uh, look forward to talking to you again, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. All right? Take care.